0: Well, good morning, church family. Uh, It's awesome to be with you all today, especially with all our kids. If you are a kid who's normally in the kid's wing and you're with us today, let me just feel your presence. Let me hear you this morning. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. I don't know what just happened over there, but it was awesome. Nice. Andrew, okay. Hey, let me give you kids one more time to make your presence known. Let me hear you this morning. Okay. 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 Hey, so today obviously is a different kind of day with All In, with it being our All In family service. We do these every so often, and there's a few reasons we do. The main reason being we want to continue to let our church family know, feel, and see that family ministry is important to us. And it's an opportunity for you parents and grandparents to model worship to your kids, to show them what it looks like to offer devotion to the Lord with your church family, to show them what it looks like to listen uh, to the teaching of the Word of God. So I'm excited to have all the kids with us this morning. Before we get into our Bibles, real quick, I just want to make sure that I give a real quick announcement again Uh, Many of you would have seen in the email this last week that this coming Saturday, we have a serve day here at the church. A few things we want to do. We want to do some work behind the church, cleaning up that needs to be done. Um, There's a few families in our church who are not able-bodied to do some fall cleanup at their house, and so we want to go help them. And then beyond that, if we have enough people show up, then we're going to also take some rakes and all that kind of stuff and just go. Leave the parking lot, go out into Falls, and see if there's any people that the Holy Spirit would lead us to serve and bless. Which I think is a good idea. Do you? Amen. So uh, we'll be starting that uh, this Saturday morning. I'm drawing a blank right now in this moment. I should have looked at the details before I got up here. I think it's 7:30 or 8. I want to say 7:30 breakfast, and that we're going to go out at 8. Uh, 7.30 with donuts and stuff like that. But don't hold me to that because I'm just going off of memory and sometimes my memory is in the pie, pie in the sky. So um, check those details. It's going to be this Saturday. A great opportunity for us to get together, serve the church and serve our community, serve our church family. Amen? Let's pray. God, we just stop for a moment and we consider who we're talking to. We're so thankful, Lord, that, that the God of all creation, the God of the universe cares about us, and that you hear us when we come to you. And Lord, we're thankful that you're mindful of us. We're thankful that you told the children, let them come to me. And so Lord, we thank you for your hearts for all peoples, and especially kiddos as well. God, I ask for all of us today, both young and old, that your word would penetrate our hearts, and that you would draw us close to yourself, and that you would bring transformation in Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen. amen, amen. We adults have been reading through our Bible reading plan, and this last week we were in Second Corinthians, and this is a book that talks a lot about, and especially the chapters we're going to highlight today, that talks about there was the old covenant of the law where God led his people through these commands of the law, saying, thou shalt not do this and thou shalt do that. And then there comes the new covenant where Jesus comes in and he pays for all of our sin on the cross. Not only does he pay for our sin, but he also sends the Holy Spirit from the Father to fill every single believer, to transform us and to make us new, to empower us to live a holy life, so that it's not only that we have to hear all the commands that we have to obey, but that God, by the Holy Spirit, changes our hearts to where we want to obey. So today, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And since we have a, a broad age range in our audience today, normally I teach from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Today, we're going to be teaching from the New Living Translation, which is a little more digestible for our kiddos, but it's still really good. So uh, th- well, that's what we'll be reading from today. 2 Corinthians Chapter 3 is where the Apostle Paul has been telling them the differences in these two covenants. And that the old covenant with the commandments was a heavy burden and that it condemned us. But this new covenant where the Holy Spirit comes in, it's so different that the Spirit changes who we are. And so we're going to continue reading in verse 16 after he had talked about those who can't see the truth because there's a veil over their eyes. Verse 16 says this. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, meaning that cloth that was covering their eyes from the truth. It's taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him, as we are changed into his glorious image. I'll pause for just a second. This is saying that when we have seen the word of God and the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to see the truth, that we no longer have the truth hidden from us and that we see the glory of who Jesus Christ is and the Holy Spirit begins transforming us to look more and more like Jesus also. And the way that we live and the things that we do and the things that we say... By the Spirit of God transforming our hearts, we ought to look more and more like Jesus every day. I'm gonna continue reading here in chapter four now. Chapter four, verses one and two. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. Paul recognizes it's up to us, those who have the light, to tell the truth. Not to use underhanded methods or deceive or try and twist scripture, he says, but we have to tell the truth. Why? Because the veil has been taken off of our eyes and there are people in this world who can't see the truth. In fact, the first thing I want to say this morning is those who don't have light can't see the truth. And if we went to to John chapter 3, we would see Jesus talking to Nicodemus saying, man, there are people walking in darkness who love darkness and don't want the light because the light exposes the wickedness in their hearts, that the light shows that their deeds are evil. And we as Christians who have the light don't come trying to condemn, but trying to invite people into the light. To see the truth of what Jesus Christ has done and the way that he sets us free by his spirit to live in a way that pleases God. You know what? I think I need some help this morning. Spencer, you're up. Come on out, man.
1: Good morning, everybody. Uh-oh. Kids, good morning. Good. Good. It's so good to be with you today. So in our Roots Room, uh, every, every Sunday before we get into the Bible, I always come in and I give the kids an object lesson, something to get the kids to understand what we're talking about today. So that's what we're going to do today, okay? But before we begin, I need my volunteer to come up that was going to help me. Addie, awesome, thank you. All right, yeah, come on up. Hey. That's a good way to go. All right, you can just stand right here, okay? All right, so Stephen was just talk, Pastor Stephen was just talking about how when we have Jesus, right, he's like a light shining out from us, right? And we need to help others see and see the truth. So I need a little help from the light guys back there. Why don't you bring the lights down for me? And we're going to turn on this light, which is representing the light of Christ. Now, Miss Addie here, is going to read some scripture for me. Go ahead. I'm going to get you a mic. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's dark in here, but because... For by the light, we can see the truth. And look what it comes after. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. Kids, can you say reconcile? reconcile? Yeah, reconcile. That's a big word. But what it's meaning is, is we need to help people come back into relationship with God. Now, of course, God is the only one that can do that. But he has chosen us because we have the light. He has chosen us. To help bring others back to reconciliation, back to relationship with God. Now, my friend Aaron back here. Aaron, can you read what's next?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I, I can't see it. You, you can't see? I can't see it Nothing. at all. Nope.
1: Are you, are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Kids, what's going, why can't Aaron read for me? What, what's the deal? Say it. He doesn't have the light? All right, maybe we should try this. On the count of three, I need you all to help me. On the count of three, we're going to say, Aaron, come back into the light. One, two, three. Aaron, come back into the light. Okay. Come on over, Aaron. (laughs) Is this better? Can you read the rest of this text?
2: Oh, I sure can. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ.
1: Awesome, thank you. All right, the lights can come back up, please. Daddy, you can head back to your seat. Thank you so much. It's our job. When we have Jesus inside of us, when we have the light shining from us, it's our task to help others see by letting our light shine. God has given us this beautiful gift to help others see. And our next point for this morning is God has given us his light to help others see. Stephen, you're up.
0: I just, I get eager. I get excited. Okay. I just love to teach the Bible. That's right. God has given us the light to help others see. God didn't give us a light to keep it to ourselves. If you guys read the Sermon on the Mount, you remember in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus said, nobody has a light and hides it under a basket, right? No, we hold it up high so that others can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. And similarly, what we read from uh, from chapter 5 there, that Aaron finished reading and Addie did an awesome job reading as well, is that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. We're saying, guys, come back to God. I'm going to continue reading. I'm going to hop back now to chapter 4, verses 5 through 10. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5 through 10 say, You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servant for Jesus' sake. I'm going to pause for a second. Guys, as we're going around shining our light, we're not holding the light going, hey, look how good I am at holding a light. It's pretty lame, right? No, we're just going around saying, look at this light. It's given light to the darkness. We're not trying to preach ourselves, trying to say, look how good I am or how awesome I am, but using all of our energy to point people to the light that is Jesus Christ. He says, we don't preach ourselves. Let's continue reading in verse 6. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. How many of you guys know an old song? I I, I grew up hearing this one song, Trading My Sorrows. Anybody know that one? Yeah, a couple of head nods right there. I'm pressed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned struck down but not destroyed. Okay, okay, I'll stop. That came from this passage. Paul saying, God has given us this great light, this great power, yet there were people back then who were saying, hey, Paul, if God's really come into you, I don't know that he has because of all the suffering you're experiencing. In fact, if you kept reading in this letter, if you went to chapter 11, the apostle Paul would say, well, guys, I've been whipped five times. I've been beaten three times. I've been shipwrecked one time. I've been stoned one time. He says they're going through this list of some pretty harsh things. Anybody today want to get whipped? Yeah, no, not fun. Stoned, shipwrecked, beaten. Paul went through some really hard things. And he talks to these people who are trying to say, hey, because of the suffering you're going through, we're not so sure that that you're a believer because would God be letting you go through that? And he's making the case actually that God uses those things to shine his light. Verse eight again, he said, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed through suffering, Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that, everybody say so that. that. I think you can say it louder than that. Say "So so that. There we go. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen. In our bodies. One of the things the Apostle Paul is trying to say to us, as he's been talking about the power of God in them, and they don't preach Christ, and yeah, they're suffering as part of this. One of the things he's trying to say is that our weakness lets God's light shine through. Because see, when other people see that we're able to do things that we wouldn't be able to do on our own, it shows the power of God at work in us. When Paul is able to go through all that difficult suffering, yet still be faithful to Jesus, still have joy, still have peace, still have hope, people look at him and they could either go, man, Paul's pretty amazing. But Paul would say, no, I've got the Holy Spirit empowering me, the power of Christ in me at work. I'll continue reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Where let's look at verse 16. He says, This is why. This is why. Talking about how that the life of Jesus may see, be seen in our bodies, he says, This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Now, pause just a minute. Do you guys remember everything that I said Paul went through? He was stoned. He was beaten, he was whipped, he was shipwrecked, he was abandoned and left for dead, and he calls that small. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I stub my toe, I feel like it's big. Or sometimes when something doesn't go the way I want, I make a big deal out of it. And Paul went through some really, really, really hard stuff, and he says small and he says, momentary, or that it won't last forever. The small and momentary won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot, or that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Spencer, I think I need you to come out again and help us see visually what this looks like. Come on, man.
1: All right, now it's serious. I have a power drill out here. So what did we just learn in our last text? That we're like fragile jars of clay, right? And inside of us is a light. And, and we are fragile. Stuff can happen. So if you want to bring down the lights again for me. So we have a light inside of us. And it's, it's dim, right? Now, that's because of sin. We live in a fallen world that happened back in Genesis chapter 3. And we were meant to have our light shine perfectly from us pure glass. But we have sinned. And sometimes, we dim the light. And we also have times in our lives when things go wrong. Kiddos, maybe you have a puppy that dies. Or maybe you get bullied at school. Or maybe you get a bad grade. Or maybe a relative gets sick. Or maybe your parents have an argument. Or maybe you get sick yourself, parents. Maybe your child gets sick. Maybe you lose your job. We have all kinds of things that can take our fragile vessel and destroy it. Does this look like it did? No. It's got a whole bunch of holes in it. It's got a bunch of pieces of plastic now. But what's happening through all these holes that the suffering uh, made happen is now we can see the light come out. The light is shining out through These holes that were caused by the momentary affliction, by things that happened in this vessel's life, made permanent holes in here, but the light can now shine. See, we have bad things happen in our lives, but God has purpose for it. He has purpose to grow us, and he has purpose to let his light shine. So we are just like this vessel every time we have something that happens to us and we have a drill hole go right through our lives and something impacts us. We also have a part of our lives that's letting the light shine and others can see how we work through it and how we don't lose heart because we have Christ. Aaron, you're up.
2: This is that promise that Jesus makes to us. That even though our current body with its fragility and its holes and its hardship is nothing to be compared with the new body that Jesus promises to us when we're with him forever. See, there's nothing in this glass jar that's preventing the light from fully shining out. And that light, that love of Christ, will eventually be purely shown through us. I think when we compare the two, our current body to our new promised body, it's easy to see which one shows more light, right? We can bring the lights up. So it's like the comparison that we're given here is like a tent and a house, right? We go camping, we stay outside, we live in a little thin tent for a little while, and it might be fun for a moment until we get holes in the tent, till the rain comes, till it gets cold, and then it's always real nice to go home, right? That's why we're told in chapter 5, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, We will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by god himself and not by human hands we grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing for we will put on heavenly bodies we will not be spirits without bodies we live in these earthly bodies we groan and sigh But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit, the light. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home yet with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies. For then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we desire for the good or evil we have done in our earthly body. I think the important thing that we remember through all of this is that God has made us these promises. And even though hardship comes, and even though we endure trials and suffering in this life, God has promised us a home forever with him. Stephen, take it home. Thanks, Aaron. These passages really
0: call us back to set our minds, our lives, to be oriented around living in light of eternity. If you think about it, Paul talking about how Jesus has given us the light of the Holy Spirit, indwelling us, empowering us, and also that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation, a big word where we're telling other people, hey, come back to God. And when we think about the fact that he says, hey, right now our lives are these tents, that's not a permanent home, we want to get back to our permanent home, that yeah, there's this... Suffering sometimes in life, there's difficulty and har- difficulty and hardship in our life. But don't forget, this tent is temporary. It's, it's just for a moment. And there is a, a day coming where we will forever have that home with the Lord that he has promised us, this one that is flawless, with no blemishes, no pain, no more suffering, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more fear, no more concern of death but that God will have this new and perfect body for us, our forever home with him. And it is those things, that vision of the fact that we will one day be with him, one day stand before him, that empower us, that remind us, that keep us focused, not getting distracted by all the things of this world, not becoming dismayed By the suffering we experience, just like Paul said, yeah, I've been through this, or I've been persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Every bad thing that happened to him, because he kept his eyes on eternity, he kept saying, yeah, that, but I'm not destroyed. Yeah, persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. No matter what came at Paul, things that were pretty bad, he kept saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, that, but. And God allows that weakness to keep us close to him, but also to shine that in our weakness, Paul said, I don't boast in myself, but I boast in Christ. That it's not us who gets the glory. We don't preach ourselves, but we preach Christ. So that a world looks at us and doesn't say, wow, your, your life looks different than mine and that you're not going through anything. No, we still go through things. The difference for the Christian Is that when we go through things, not if, but when, the Holy Spirit is with us, empowering us to stay faithful, giving us endurance and perseverance and strength to stay faithful to God and to not be utterly cast down and dismayed and distraught in our suffering, even in the face of things as painful and difficult as death. Which is why he told the Thessalonians, like we talked about previously, that We don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Why? Because we have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word teaches us truth. And Lord, I'm so thankful that your word has given us a a, a realistic perspective of this life that you have empowered us to be faithful to you, that you're not leading us around, dragging us around by the hand anymore, but your Holy Spirit leads and guides and empowers us to be faithful to you, to live a life that pleases you, to be strong in the face of suffering and persecution, to keep our eyes on eternity, recognizing that this life is not our home, that we're pilgrims passing through and we long for that day, when we will yet receive a new body and we will be forever at home with you where we will never again taste sickness where we will never again taste pain or suffering where we will never again know sorrow and we will never again feel the pangs that sin have brought into this world God we long for that day help us keep our focus on that day so that we don't become discouraged in hardship or discouraged in suffering but like Paul we can answer every suffering every pain with but God that you're faithful that you love us that you're for us not against us and that you are with us and in us every step of the way